Spencer Wolf of Kansas City. I want my weed. And I'll fight The tongue is drunk. Oh shit, yes. Oh shit, yes. So good. Oh yeah, so good. Pretty good for a Friday night, I'd say. And you're hanging out for a special edition of Bowl After Bowl. We call them Bowls with Buds. This is episode 199 of Bowl After Bowl, if you can believe that. It is August 21st, 2022. I'm Sir Spencer, Wolf of Kansas City. I'm Dame DeLorean. And joining us here for the first time in the bowl, we've got Alex of Control Pew. Yeah, I'm Alex of Control Pew. I uh, control pews, and my name is Alex. Um, That's fantastic. (laughs) That's so fantastic. So we are having this awkward second start, I should tell uh, the (laughs) listeners in full transparency, because... Like a goofus, I picked my mix minus as the uh, input into Audition, and I knew I should have checked. I can tell you exactly what happened. Uh, <laughs> Audition 2023 got pushed and came out. Ooh, and it auto-updated on my oh. auto-updated on my ass, so it's never set it and forget it when you get a, a new version of your favorite uh, audio editing uh, software. So we got to love that, but uh, I appreciate you coming on. Um, always, always fun to go on shows. Always it, fun to talk guns with people. Yeah, we're excited to get into some of that because it's kind of off of our uh, normal, regular beaten path. Uh, we mm-hmm. are, we kind of got started early on as a uh, legalization podcast, right? We legalization all things cannabis right. and the law, and um, since then we've kind of evolved and added a lot of different things that we like to talk about, and now we kind of have these regular segments where we talk about uh, stories with the magic number 33 in the headline. And we talk about, uh, um, uh, we have a segment called gutters and strikes where it's just kind of like oddball news. And some of it's like big wins and some of it's like big fails. Nice. Nice. Gutters and strikes. And uh, I recently, well, the most recent, I think addition is this uh, Bitcoin and lightning uh, news segment that I call on chain, off chain, cocaine, shit stain. Just, just kind of that. That does sum up Bitcoin pretty nicely. <laughs> it is, it is the word vomit that you have to participate in in order to talk about uh, running lightning nodes and et cetera, et cetera. Um, yeah. and that may, I don't know, it may overlap a bit with what we're going to talk about uh, this evening. But I'm going to change gears and just start off where it feels right to start off, which is the whole origin story of. Uh, how we met that's how we usually start off bulls with buds interviews when there's uh when it's someone's first time in the bowl like it is uh for you sir so i um you came across my radar on mastodon on the fediverse Mm -hmm. because you had Mm -hmm. put out a two last july all the way back in july 13 yeah Um, ages ago and you were like hey we're doing podcasts again the uh who shows should i go on just tag me, DM me, let me know. And right. uh, post shitter at shitposter.club jumped right in <laughs> as the first reply. And he was like, Sir Spencer has a pretty cool podcast. And I was like, oh, cool, right on. And I said, hey, let's do the show. And then I looked you up and saw what you were all about. Uh, I just was like, yeah, right. I'm in. I know I want to be yeah. in. Get Guest first, content later. That's Bye. right. <laughs> I was like, oh, I 
if I can get a show book, then I, that's one less show I got to book, right? Right. So that's what's fantastic is uh, when I when I opened up Control Pew, I'm like, what is Control Pew all about? It's 3D printing of firearms, which is something that I've always been just kind of passively fascinated by, but never really have done the deep dive into, you know? Uh, <laughs> I remember in 2013 when that uh, Liberator was first released. Yep. And so I was just curious about your origin and your journey into the whole 3D printed firearms world and like when did it start and um, like how how did you get interested in that? Sure. So I guess for me, this starts in like the early 2000s. I'm 35 in case you guys like. Okay. I, I'm, I'm an old ass man, right? <laughs> uh, be, I, I guess be- in... I'll be 33 next year, so... Oh, right, okay, so you're... you're Right behind yeah. you. Hey. Uh, yeah, you're right up there, too. But uh, for me, this started in the early 2000s. I've always been a tech nerd, just geeking out of her, like, hardware and shit. Radio Shack was my favorite store. Okay. Back when Radio Shack was real. Um, so some of you might, young kids listening might not know, Radio Shack was this place where you could go buy, like, circuit boards and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, way back in the day. Um, And then... Uh, so always a tech nerd, always, you know, computers and everything else. Um, and I watched like the birth of 3d printing and the early rep wraps and say, Hey, that's really neat. Um, and the time that stuff was starting to like get traction in the public, I was also in the military playing with, uh, all measures of like fully automatic firearms. Okay. And I thought, Hey, firearms are really cool. And I've always liked firearms cause you know, I'm a kid in the modern, you know, modern day where, you know, video games and guns are, like, hand-in-hand. Hand. Sure. And so, you know, I, I every video game got up, like, I want that. That's cool. Um, and then, you know, joined the military. I got to play with all those video game guns, and they're still cool. And I actually <laughs> got to, like, got to learn. I was an armorer for my unit, so I got to learn about how they function and all the little mechanisms that make them work. And then, you know, the my, my, my tangential interest in 3D printing and technology... Uh, they, they were sort of, they, they existed separately for a long time. Uh, and then I came across FOSCAD and the whole, the idea of merging them together, uh, sort of, it, it was born in me. Like it occurred to me that you could actually do that. Uh, that was like 2012, um, saw the birth, the, the Liberator get, uh, public traction in 2013. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we saw everything kind of go quiet for many years there, from like 2013 to 20, 2018. Sure. Well, it was like a um, a big like legal struggle and kerfuffle over it, right? Well, it kind of, but that wasn't really it wasn't really relevant because they're arguing about a problem that didn't exist, right? Okay. So the the legal problem was undetectable firearms, right? Mm. It's it's you're trying to get a firearm through a metal detector. And in typical lizard fashion, what the, the, the politicians did was they said, well, it's now illegal to make a gun with less than some amount of metal in it, right? And they specify an uh. amount of metal uh, in the their, their legal vomit. Um, and so that's how they, they solved the, the undetectable firearms problem. But that's something like entirely separate from the 3D printing of firearms that was going sure. on. Where, like, we had, you know, the Liberator was sort of a, a tangent of, well, you can, um, you know, 3D print something that looks gun-like and kind of works like a gun. Sure. Um, 
the Liberator was an interesting engineering project. It's a really bad gun. Right. Uh, what does so it, it survive? Of, maybe like three to five sh- like actual rounds being shot out of it? Not even. Okay. Not even. Um, the, uh, the, there, there have been uh, a couple updates along the same vein. The Liberator, the Repringer um, have been some other gun. Or the Songbird and Repringer are, are more um, updated models that are easier to print they function more reliably um and and they're they're still in that same vein but like for for most of us have uh most of the printers always sort of accepted you're going to have to have some metal in your gun to shoot a caliber that's like you know powerful enough to to really be used to make it uh, make a reliable enough gun that can actually be used and so for a lot of the time from like 20, uh, you know, 2013, 2018, people were playing with AR-15 lowers, which is not a part that bears a lot of stress. Um, the Glock frames were being developed around that time. So again, it's not a, it's not a part that, that requires a lot of stress put on the part. Uh, it just sort of holds these, all these other metal parts together, which here in the U.S. you can just buy through the mail. They'll show up at your front door. Um, and then the serialized part that the, the, the lower receiver on the air 15, the frame on the Glock, these are the single parts of the whole gun assembly that legally is the firearm. Right. Right. So that's, if you, you, every other part you can get mailed to your door, that one part, you have to go to the gun store. You have to go do your, uh, 4473, all that other stuff. It's got to have a serial uh, number to or get, all that. Right. It's got to be. Yeah. Um, so that's where like a lot of people were focused was just, uh, you know, like, how do we replicate that one semi-complicated part? And uh, as, you know, in the last couple of years, we've seen progress in a lot of other models come out where they're, you're, it's actually a stress-bearing component mm. um, being printed. But, like, for the early, we're talking early days, it, we, were, we were just, can this be done at all? Can we, the minimal stress put on these parts, you know, how reliable can we make it? Sure. And, you know... Skipping forward a little bit now, you're seeing like the Hoffman air lowers and they're, you know, as strong as a a regular aluminum, you know, machined lower receiver. So, uh, you know, progress is always being made. Um, I jumped around a little bit. No, that's all right. Uh, That tends to happen. And uh, so so going back to 2018. uh, Okay. We saw a big push towards entirely DIYable, but not necessarily entirely printed parts or printed firearms. So things like the FGC nine came out um, where the whole thing can be built at home in your garage with relative ease, mm-hmm. but all the metal parts are really simple. All the complicated parts are 3d printed plastic. And uh, I mean, you, you come out the other end with an easy to build yet, Fairly reliable firearm. Gotcha. Um, yeah. So do you think I know, that... I, uh, I, know I, I ran off in the weeds there and didn't no. actually answer your question. No, it's all good. Uh, so you come out of the military and you've already got this kind of uh, Radio right. Shack kind of DIY fascination for printing. By the way, uh, Micro Center is kind of my new playground of electronics where I can get like... Arduino boards and I can get yep. hard drives and I can get, uh, you know, build PCs and, um, it Micro was, Center is great. The biggest problem is they're so remote. 
There's only like a couple in various places. It's true. Yeah, that's that's the most uh, common thing I ever hear is like, oh, yeah, that'd be nice if I had one near me. And mm-hmm. I have one about 30 minutes from my house. So, you know, good for me, I guess. But right. for those that don't, like, <laughs> they always make me feel bad about it. <laughs> uh, they mailed this coupon mailer to my Mm -hmm. door and I still have it here like so I cashed in on all these and they're expired but I just keep them here just to look at these numbers (laughs) and I did pick up a 3D printer which I wasn't even like planning on doing I I always look at them right I always Mm -hmm. take a look at uh, the numbers and what they do and I'm like I have no fucking clue what I'm looking at you know but um, what I got what I ended up getting was a Creelty Ender 3 Pro 3D printer right uh, for ninety for ninety nine bucks, yep. And it was just like the number was right, the time was right. I was like, I got to do this. I bought it, brought it home. I got it all set up. Um, by the way, thank you to the uh, Rolly Bully Balls rolling in here. These are the <laughs> these are the sounds of boosts coming in. Nice uh, in real time. And uh, Alex, we did sit you up with the third split of all of those. So, oh, dope. Um, as they thank come you, in, sir. yeah, absolutely. So anyway, uh, I wanted to kind of pick your brain about, uh, can I do shit on this printer? Is it like an actual legit printer? And I looked at your complete getting started guide and it is actually like one of the printers that suggested yeah, for starting it is. out is like the Creelty Ender 3 and Ender 5, which I don't even know yep. about the 5. Ender- I just grabbed what was in front of me, you know? Right. No, Ender 3 is is the the standard, right? Okay. Um, It's... Like the, the the reason it's the standard, it's it's so incredibly cheap. You mm. know, you got yours for a hundred dollars, they're on Amazon for like two fifty all yep. the time. Uh less if you if you wait for sales and, and Prime Day, which is I guess now. So scope out Amazon if you're looking. Um But uh I mean you got the 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 standard for the the getting started printer. It's it's cheap enough, reliable enough, and consistent enough that you can do anything that we're doing. In fact, most of the developers design design stuff to be printed on that platform. Cool. So you can use other printers; they'll they will work. But the Ender Three's got the most support sure. in, on, on the internet. Period. That seemed like uh, for super well documented yeah. too, and like a lot yep. of the YouTube videos out there. Like I saw them. So the only thing I've done with the damn thing, other than build it, is print like a test pattern X that yep. was supposed to happen. And all these videos like show you how to like wiggle a piece of paper under the nozzle and like get it to where it's like the right mm-hmm. height. And they say like, mm-hmm. "Oh, the newbies like this is the hardest thing to do is set your correct uh, what, what you call it a deck height, I believe." Yeah, bed height. A bed height and uh, or bed level. So I tried two different runs of this X pattern, and both times I think like uh, it's just not quite dialed in. And the mm-hmm. the the print is not sticking to the bed. And I have also read, uh, I have read that the little uh, bit of plastic that comes with always sucks the most. So yes. I I do have big uh, like kilogram packs of other three uh, D right. printer material. But like I'm just a total beginner, and also a kind of a guy who bites off way more than he can chew, and is always <laughs> like trying to get around to shit that he wants to do. Right? I have. Right all of these like pet projects that I've been hyping up 
and blowing off simultaneously for like a very long time. So, um, yeah. And when I say no, blowing I off, I'm like, I'm not actively avoiding them. It's just, I'm you over. You chip away. I chip away. You're, Thank you. You're, you're trying desperately to make the time to get back to them. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean the the gist of it is it it is there is a little bit of a learning curve and you do have to just work through it until you figure it out. Sure. Um leveling your bed is probably it's the the first step where people decide they're just going to quit, right? <laughs> yeah. Because it's the first like actual problem. Okay. So like so the there there are, you've cleared the first stage where people quit, which is getting it out of the box and putting it together. Sure. Right. Because there, there are a number of people who I've talked to who are like, yeah, I just, I never got out of the box. I'm like, okay, well, you failed step one. Congratulations. Yeah. Uh, well, my rubber but, feet were on the wrong side of one of the stands <laughs> and like I had to like peel them off and glue them on the other side. Like, nice. There was like some, there was just like a couple of errors out of the box that I was like, it took me a while to be like, how does this even go together? And I'm like, oh, they glued the rubber feet on upside down. So like right. it has to go this way, you know? Right. Uh, wait, wait until you find out they didn't actually glue them on the wrong side. You just had it upside down, but oh you my had God. both of them upside down. That could <laughs> probably be it. Well, why didn't I have to flip the other one? I just look, man. Look, it's a hundred dollar three D printer from halfway around the world. I don't know what to talk. About. <laughs> right? No, I I definitely get that much. Um, uh. But it's it's sturdy and it's uh you know I can I can find home. It found home pretty quickly. But, uh, I, I just, I'm watching all of these, uh, videos and they all kind of show me the same sort of post-it note under the thing, you know? And they're like, you want it to grip a little, but not a lot, but a little bit. And I'm right. So I'm kind of like, I think I'm there. I think I'm good. So, and then I think maybe I'm off in the middle and not on, on the outside or something like that. There, there is a little bit of warp in all the beds. That's just a normal part of, you know, Chinese and Chinese manufacturing. But uh, I tell people, buy a feeler gauge. So mm. go on Amazon, buy one of those little thin feeler gauges, get the like 0.2 or the 0.1 uh, millimeter feeler gauge, stick that between the bed and the nozzle, lower the nozzle as far as you can, you know, raise the bed up, and until you can start to feel the vibration of the motor coming back through the feeler gauge. Okay. Feeler gauge. That, you, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's just a, a, a little strip of metal. Okay. That's a specific uh, width. And, uh, you know, once you get a little bit of tension from the nozzle and the bed, pinching that feeler gauge together, you'll feel the vibrations of the the fans on the print head coming back through the feeler gauge. And that's how you know you're basically there. Um, and then, you know, you just do that around the board, do that around the bed, do that two or three times, make two or three laps leveling out the bed. Because every time you move a corner, all the other corners are going to shift a little bit. Sure. And then once you're there, uh, do a very large print. So like a, a very wide print that covers a lot of your, your bed. And sort of watch the first layer go, go down and move the corners up and down as it goes around to make sure that you're, you know, relatively, uh, you, you're getting a relatively sort of well-applied uh, first layer. Gotcha. That'll solve most of your problems. Okay. Fantastic. I also was interested if you had like a recommended starter project. Like once you get, or, you know, what's the second thing I have to worry about? Right. Like what's the big filter? Once once I get my bed, you know, just leveled right. just right, w- yeah. what's the next part where I rage quit? 
so you you do that big uh, big print mm-hmm. where you get the bed level, and then most people try and jump right into. Well, most people don't even do that, and they just try and jump into a gun and be like, "I'm gonna print a Glock," right? And then it fails miserably. It's you know, it's it's fallen off the bed. It's it's not you know dimensionally accurate. They can't get the barrel or the locking bar or anything together. Sure, it's all broken. Um, and so the next failure is you know you have to calibrate your machine, and and I'm talking about dimensional calibrations like X, Y, and Z. You have to know, you have to know that when you tell the thing to move 20 millimeters, it's actually moving 20 millimeters. Gotcha. And not 22 millimeters, 21 and a half or 16 or something. Sure. Um, and so there's, you know, all sorts of 20 millimeter calibration cubes, uh, all over Thingiverse and the rest of the internet, um, that are, that are great for exactly that purpose. Uh, there is a calculator. calculator. I can find it. I will post it in our little the the. the oh, the IRC. chat. Yeah, you are in the bowl, yeah, by the way. I am and, in the bowl. Um, if people want to join the bowl, there's a Kiwi link on bowlafterbowl.com. If you click on Listen Live, or if you know your way around IRC, we're over there on irc.zeronode.net in the Bowl After Bowl channel. Get it old school. And I will put the link <laughs> in the show notes. For people Good listening old. in the future. Oh, cool. I like Good this cube. Good IRC. I've seen so many uh, different, like, test patterns and test things, mm-hmm. and, like, they do, like, stair steppies yep. and... Yep. Uh, Just a simple, as simple as humanly possible, print a cube. Print a cube. I like this. Yep. Yeah, so it's a 20-millimeter cube. You type in your, your settings, your current settings. You measure the cube. You type in your measurements, and it gives you a new value that you plug into your machine, and then you print another cube and you verify. Oh, so, cool. And Helping then you once calibrate. you're this is great. Yep. I'm so glad we talked and, to you. <laughs> do what I can. <laughs> um, I, I've been meaning to put this, this calculator on control So Thanks for the reminder. Yeah, of course. Uh, I've been meaning to do it for like uh, a year now. Oh, I, <laughs> um, I don't know what that's like at all. <laughs> yeah. I've been threatening yeah, a new no. website for like at least two years. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, no. Still in the works. So uh, so once you get your, your XYZ calibration done, the next point is now you need to calibrate your flow, your extrusion. Mm. Um, so there are a lot of different ways to do that. Uh, the easiest one is you just plug in your filament, you heat up the hot end, and then you tell it to extrude 100 millimeters of stuff, and you mark your filament when it, as it's going in, and then you just measure how much it extruded. Or if it over-extruded or under-extruded by whatever number. And uh, there's a lot of math that I can't find at the moment where it'll tell you what that how to, how to adjust that setting. Gotcha. That's another, another uh, step. Or e, it's called an E-step setting. Okay. Um, and you can do that just from your, your control panel on the printer. And uh, so there, there's some math you can do to, t- to tell you what that number needs to be based on what you measure. And then you do calibration again. You do this XYZ calibration again. Excellent. Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so you you XYZ calibrate, then extrude calibrate, then you got to back right. and XYZ calibrate. Yep. I and, mean, you can probably you can probably start with the extrusion calibration. Oh, okay. It might if you if yeah. Gotcha. It's been a while since I've set up a new computer. I haven't had to think about this for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> No, um, that's awesome because I like. Yeah, uh, there's so many. There's only so many YouTube videos you can watch before you are just like, you know what? I need to talk to a guy 
who can right. give me good advice who knows you know who's been there well and the 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 downside of of youtube tutorials is you don't have a good reference to go back mm-hmm. to uh to to actually look at numbers and look at you know like you have to click through the video 50 times to find out how right. you get, how you and so it's just there is some information that's just better presented on a regular paper Definitely. Or like a web page or a PDF or something. Yeah, I um, I like this calibration in that it's got a calculator and a new uh, M92 mm-hmm. level that you can actually input. Like it just does the math for you. That's yep, beautiful for a guy like me. Let me tell you. Um, so what what branch were you in? What like uh, what was your service like? Oh, it was, I was in the army for, I did six years in the army as a logistics specialist. Gotcha. Um, so basically I played with all the guns, which was great, Fun. but then I had to drive around in all the trucks and let people shoot at me, which was oh, sucky. That's, <laughs> that sounds stressful. Was, yeah. No, the, the whole, because po- I was in Iraq and Afghanistan, the whole policy towards the end of that, uh, well, towards, you know, 2010, 2011 was drive around in circles in the desert until someone starts shooting at you and hmm. then maybe shoot back or maybe just sit there and let them shoot at you. So were you were like the bait guy, essentially. Kind of. Yeah. It's, you know, you would do logistic convoys cause you had to move like munitions and food and whatever. Sure. To other places. And, uh, you know, like the, the people, you know, everyone else also wants these same supplies. So, <laughs> right. That makes sense. Yeah. So you're a target. Um, yeah, it ge- it generally was just annoying, and I was glad glad to be done with it. That's good, but it it had some great moments, but a lot of just garbage. Yeah, um, I hear that a lot uh, from veterans. Kind of like, uh, you yeah. know, you learn a lot, but there's a lot of like uh, standing around, or there's a lot of like time spent, or there's a lot of uh, yep. grueling parts where you just got to get through it. Yeah, um, wandering around with no real idea of what's going on. <laughs> you know as much as you need to know. Yep, type less of sometimes. Less sometimes. Yeah. That's challenging. Um, <laughs> but I guess a perfect like launch pad for, for this whole overall journey. So, Yeah, as, brought everything together nicely. As far as like Control Pew today, what would you say is like the main point of the site? Is it like getting beginners going into printable firearms is it to be like a uh a repository of like all of the files or uh like what's the ult overall ultimate goal i guess i mean so there there's two i guess three major points the first is people need a place to onboard right so it's it's reaching out to new people getting them started with printing uh getting them a basic understanding of what this machine they just bought was um and pointing them in the right direction as to where to go next. So like communities to get involved in and, and, and teams to be looking at and designs to be coming out because, you know, like the, the major outlet for news now or in the, the modern sort of epic is uh, social media, which really doesn't like anything we have to say. Sure. So, uh, you know, we need to, it, it serves as a sort of, uh, uh, a an info point for people to be looking for designs that are coming out that have been vetted that have been you know proofed uh, as functional to then go and 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 make themselves and then the third the third major leg is it serves as a fundraising portal for 
uh, a lot of devs and, and, and a large portion of the community's uh, sort of expenses as far as like servers and infrastructure and everything else. So we've got shop, shop.controlp.com. <laughs> I saw you guys had and some uh, fantastic t-shirts. Uh, yeah, a lot of, a lot of t-shirts, a lot of uh, patches, stickers, no guns. I'm not selling you any guns on my website because the bank gets all weird. Sure, <laughs> right. No, but, uh, I, I love some of the messages like uh, DIY is not a crime. Or the ghost gun gang where you've got the Pac-Man with the with the, uh, yeah. with the little pews running around. Those were good days. I need to do some more art. Been so been so busy with uh, with the other stuff the last like eight months. Been sort of sort of out of out of touch on the art department. I need to do some more. So yet another project. <laughs> Lorian is our resident art expert. She's cranking it out all the time. Yep. Nice. A new. I need uh, one of those. New art for yeah. every show. <laughs> I need one too. <laughs> Great. Right? Uh, I love that you wouldn't download a gun with the QR code shirt. That's yeah. great. I don't know why that one took me so long to get. That was like a, a milestone commercial in my youth. Yep. Was yeah. the whole anti piracy thing. I was like, damn. I don't know why it took us so long to like come back to that. I was trying to remember like all the things they say you wouldn't download in there, like uh like you wouldn't download like a car. And I'm like I'm like shit though, but if I could, like <laughs> yeah. definitely right. yes. Like if that Bruh, was possible, you... <laughs> I would a hundred percent download a car. Would you not right. do that? No, like, I would. Yeah. I would totally download. It. <laughs> like I'm, I'm pissed. There was a company called Local Motors, and they made an entirely 3D printed car. Ooh. Well, okay, well not entirely 3D. It was like mostly 3D printed, and okay. then they dropped a, an engine into it. I would imagine engine and transmission gotta, and yeah. stuff. Okay, some of the guts but, have got to be right. And. Uh, they they didn't release any of the files. I was really pissed. Oh, they could have they could have made the dream real, and they fucked it up. Weenies. So it was just a publicity stunt, essentially. Yeah, they just wanted to be fun. Ah, uh, hate them. It's terrible. <laughs> it's okay. Maybe may oh so we we're doing guns. We're working on drones. We're working on artillery. Okay. Uh, I think cars might come after that. <laughs> nice. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. We'll add it to the list of, of projects. Maybe like uh, <laughs> ultralight uh, planes. Yeah. <laughs> Little like uh, actually, no light is needed a, kind of aircraft. Right. There's a guy on YouTube called Peter Shreepel who does all sorts of uh, of of ultralight stuff. And he's built like DIY'd several planes. Oh, nice. So, using a lot of 3D printing. So uh, I, I watch his stuff religiously because it's deeply amusing. That's fantastic. So is it like... Uh, I mean, are like, are you the, the head poobah over there at Control Pew, or like, uh, how big is the team? Or uh, what's well, the it's me and my like? wife. Okay, uh, that's really that's that's Control Pew in its entirety. It's me and my wife. Tight. Nice. Um, I do all the social media and public appearances, and run the websites and everything else. And then uh, my wife does uh, most of the shop management. That uh, so if you if you order something from Control Pew, you're you're she's. She's uh she's dealing with your stuff. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh yeah. Lorian does some uh shipping business herself, so um we do like a lot of gemstones and minerals and jewelry and then uh um, right she's also right got a Poshmark uh hustle yeah. going. <laughs> I gotta get the BTC pay server going. I know, yeah, we're gonna that's, get that's that set up for this weekend. <laughs> um 
I want so to. Do oh, you? Okay. Go ahead. With with, with BTC Pacer, how much do you guys know about it? Uh, enough, but I'm trying to know more. But I'm trying to put de- I'm trying to put together like a onboarding instructional for how to get other people like plugged in because I know enough to be dangerous and get myself on. But I'd I'd like to know enough to teach people how to like set it up for themselves because. It's it's this constant, uh, that's like the most common question I get from people who are ready. They're like, yo, okay, I want to accept Bitcoin. What do you recommend? And I always say, I recommend you use BTC Pay Server. And then they're like, how do I do it? And then I start to talk and like their eyes glaze over and I'm like, damn it. I need to like figure out how to really <laughs> set this out and pitch this. You know? Right. But uh, it's it's a fantastic option. There's a lot, the, the toughest part, like you're saying um, the part people quit. Uh, is getting it out and putting it together in the box for BTC pay server. The part people quit is like choosing deployment. So you have to like decide, okay, what kind of server am I going to run? Like, am I going to put it up on a, a Luna node instance? Am I going to run it on my own hardware at home? Am I going to just use somebody else's BTC pay server and do it kind of like a little uh, instance on their server, a little bit of custodial or uncle Jim style. Um, Right. And people just like don't really know what to choose or why they should choose it, and then they're just like, "Well, I don't know." And yeah, uh, I I did Luna on mine, and I'm sort of fifty fifty on it. And I also only set up uh, like Bitcoin proper. Oh, okay. And, and like, and it it annoyed me because uh, the second I don't know how big you guys are into crypto. I assume you're fairly deep into it, but uh, <laughs> the second I did that, I got a swarm of messages being like, "Hey, man, can you?" Uh, can you do like insert altcoin? Right. And like, yeah. no, man. <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, Why? <laughs> that's a frequent so, one. Yeah, definitely. Um, like my, my biggest problem has been like, I need a way to just accept crypto in general and just and not have to deal with like a thousand wallets. Sure. Um, that's interesting. I don't like there's, there really ought to be by now a service that just turns all the shit into Bitcoin and spits it into one wallet, you know? Right. Um, I guess the problem with that is like at that point, at some point you have to go through an exchange to change like right. this to that, you know, and then you got to pick an exchange and then you got to take some kind of third party risk. Right. Um, and all, all that, uh, all these, uh, altcoins, their, their value is based on market cap. Right. Yeah. So if you're rolling everything back to Bitcoin, then your the altcoin is valueless. Yep. Yeah. Well, it's like, uh, uh, it's part of like, just train your people to get some Bitcoin and send it to you, you know? Like, right. It's like, uh, can't you just flip it into Bitcoin? Like, okay, you right. have shit coin, my, my, you right. trade it for whatever, you hype it, so you have an exchange, obviously, so they all right. have Bitcoin, so right. how about you just get the Bitcoin and send it to me, and then that works, like... Yeah. No, my my perspective is, I have I have two ar- two audiences. Okay. There are, there are the coin boys, mm-hmm. and... And the, 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 the cash boys, right? Okay, sure. And the cash boys can figure out how to get to Bitcoin pretty easily. Uh-huh. And the coin boys know how to get to Bitcoin because they've done it like 20 times. Right. So if I just take Bitcoin, I'm good. Yes. <laughs> Definitely. That, that's, I, I feel like that's the right answer there. And that means I don't have to, like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why I don't have to admin rest? 100 wallets. Yeah. yeah. If I don't have to admin 100 wallets, then I don't have to, like, spend the time... And I can go make guns. That's my recommendation. So (laughs) what I tell all podcasters is to 
run a lightning node and like it doesn't mean like tomorrow go build one what it means is like start start researching it start looking into it and start making a plan to have a lightning node and that is like your bank and payment processor plus your identity on on podcasts so like it's been really nice lately having this Albi thing that I can send people to and say, all right, you know what, just get started, get one of these Albi wallets. It's easy. And then I can actually make a value tag out of it. Right. Mm -hmm. And then at that point you're getting some sats into your wallet. You're like, Oh, okay. Now I actually have something to put somewhere else. Like maybe should I keep it in this browser extension? Should I find somewhere a little smarter to put it? Should I, and then that gets you thinking, but the most important thing is you're in the car driving at that point. And that's what we've been telling people, like, get in the car and drive. There's no sense, like, hemming and hawing and trying to say, like, ooh, I need to understand it a little bit deeper before I try it. Like, the trying part is where the understanding starts to come in. And, like, it takes a long time, even for, you know, we've been running these lightning notes coming up on two years now. And um, right. there's still a lot to learn and, and things go wrong and people break stuff and you got to update and all these kind of different things go, go on. But Mm -hmm. like the longer that you put off getting in and driving, the longer, you know, the further behind you become essentially. Right. So as far as the BTC pay server, what's nice about these lightning nodes is you can just run one side by side. Like if you're running a lightning node, you can just install, install a BTC pay server on, on that. And that's what we do. We run on our own machines at home. Nice. So that's like, that's really like the move, in my opinion. And then you can enable both on-chain and Lightning. You can uh, spin up a web store or a brick-and-mortar point of sale or a, like, uh, a donate mm-hmm. campaign interface. Like, there's a bunch of different ways to do it. And they just released, and I've been trying to play with and uh, kind of see how it runs. They just released a uh, service called Pod Server where you can self-host your own podcast and RSS feed and, you know, serve the Mm. files there and have the value tag all built in. All right. And so that, that helps with the podcast, but there's also a medium tag selector. So you could, um, instead of having a podcast with an RSS feed, you could have an audio book or a documentary or a, uh, web series or a, uh, or music, um, all kinds of stuff. So, it's like, it's really cool, the possibilities, but we're just like still so early that we're trying to still like explain to people like what these tools are and like why it matters, you know? But every time uh, PayPal goes and put, puts their fucking foot in their mouth, like it gets a little bit easier, you know, to bring up and discuss. It gets a little bit easier to be like, hey, well, you know, what do you think we've been saying this whole time? Right. Um, so uh, I, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to do some investigation because, uh, like I said, it's one of those things that I really need to like explore more, but yeah, well, I will definitely put you on my, I'm building a list of people and it's growing of, uh, the people I'm going to send this, uh, BTC pay server one oh one to once right I come on. up with it and make it. So I'll definitely put you on the list and, um, that's what yeah, the, that's... the, the biggest utility for like, I, I use BTC pay server. I have, I take BTC through the shop, but the donate portal Mm-hmm. Uh, so I have I have a donate page on the on my website where I just list all the devs who've like been doing stuff or been releasing stuff, and you go to them, and it's BTC Pay Server middleman's the transaction, mm-hmm. and you just send the Bitcoin. Nice. 
And so I've got I've got everyone up there. Well, a lot not everyone. There are a lot of devs, but I've got a lot of people up there. That's cool. Uh, so yeah, that that's like it's been a great utility. But again, the coin variety is ever expanding. And sure, people wallet want, administration. People want to use their uh, poo coin of choice, right? God, um, I had a guy. I had a guy the other day message me. Hey, man, you should do a pew coin. I'm like, ah, uh, <laughs> make why? a pew coin, dog. <laughs> right? Like, why, man? So you could, but you could, you could like fund projects with it. But like, no, you could be a no. meme. Just print, <laughs> I, I print right. meme money and be a meme, and then you'll, you know, have money to to do stuff. Yeah, I guess. Duh. <laughs> like, I, I would, I would much. I feel like it's a much more honest transaction if I just sell you a patch. For like ten dollars. Sure. No, I totally get I, that. <laughs> uh, I totally anyway. get that. No, this whole uh, podcasting 2.0 phenomenon is what kind of pulled us back into being serious about Bitcoin. And uh, I like I first played with it in 2015, 2014, somewhere back in there. Uh, mm-hmm. Just as I, I thought, I thought it was magic internet money, like the meme said, and uh, I liked a little degenerate online poker gambling, and so that's like what I nice. used it for, you know. Like, I did a small buy-in, and then like would just get hooked on faucets all over the place. So <laughs> um, there were Doge faucets back in the day that would give you like like two to four thousand Doge coin for clicking on a thing, you know. And so I had nice. Doge out of faucets back then, and. Um, <laughs> I just kind of went a little bit crazy and then I would just forget I had it for years at a time, you know, and then right. price go up, story go print. And I'd be like, Oh yeah, I, I still have some of that shit. Uh, let's buy some weed seeds or let's buy, you know, some other ignorant shit. <laughs> so I like kind of spent on the way ups, just some of it piece by piece. And then it wasn't until this whole 2.0 thing rolled out uh, with Dave Jones and Adam Curry kind of right upgrading podcasting to this new, um, extra set of not only just the Bitcoin stuff, but uh, things like chapters, transcripts, all sorts of extra functionality uh, that mm. kind of brings podcasting into um, the new era, right? Like it hasn't, it hadn't changed for like a couple decades and been kind of stagnant. Right. And so they're like, Hey, let's, uh, let's turn this thing back on and a whole new namespace, a whole new uh, extra set of features. So, we jumped in really early. Like I heard the fourth episode and I was like, wait, this could really like change everything. And we got a node up, got a node going. And ever since I've just been telling people, dude, run a node. You got to build a node. So that's what I recommend to you. I mean, you're the kind of guy that likes to tinker. I kind of get the feeling. And so, um, you'll get the joys and the frustrations, but like the frustrations are kind of more important because they teach you what's going on. You know, in my experience, like, Right. The part where you're like, uh, I don't know what the fuck is wrong. I'm offline. And then all of a sudden you get back online and you're like, you're like, okay, okay. I know what happened now. I understand the network better <laughs> now. I understand like what I need to do with my channels now, that kind of thing. Right. You've never learned anything from a, a from a, from an easy trip. That's true. Yes. Yeah. I always like the challenging ones the best. Yeah. Like. Like the chat, yeah, huh? Mm-hmm. Yep, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic! So, uh, I want to get a little back, bit back into kind of legal status and the quasi weird uh, sure, sure. things that have gone on. So, like, I'm very much in the dark in this, but I kind of uh, chuckle when I think about the 
the the parallels that must exist between like the legal status of pot and the legal status of all these firearms. The only thing that's right. really on my radar is I know that sometime in 18, uh, Trump was like, uh, uh, I've talked to the NRA and we both agree like it doesn't make much sense these plastic guns people are selling. And then I know Biden just recently was like, we're going to move on ghost guns. We're going to do this thing on ghost guns. So my curiosity is like, what's what's the legal status currently, sp- supposedly? Because I know that's also right. sometimes debated. Uh, who Who gets to say, is it DOJ? Is it ATF? Is it the Supreme Court or courts, and what the fuck is a ghost gun anyway? Right. So I think we have to divide at this out. I guess first off, for fi- at, at the federal level, mm-hmm. right? If you can buy a gun, like a handgun or a rifle or a shotgun, then you can legally make a gun uh, of that same type. Right. Gotcha. So if I'm if I'm 18 and my state says I can't buy a handgun and the, the feds say you can't buy a handgun either if when you're 18, okay, um, you cannot legally 3D print or manufacture a handgun for yourself. Gotcha. But you can you can go buy a rifle, and so you could 3D print or manufacture a rifle for yourself. <clears throat> okay. Um. So there there's dividing line number one. Uh, the states have all tried to do something. Well, not all of them. A lot of them have tried to do something dumb. Uh, I think New Jersey tried to ban them. Pennsylvania has been trying to talk about it. Um, California also said, "Oh, you're you're not, you have to. It's not that you can't do it. You have to apply with their state DOJ for a serial number." Okay. Um, which that seems is, really safe. Yeah, it's it's a process that they don't even understand. Uh, the 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 state of California doesn't understand how to do it. Mm-hmm. So. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Um, <laughs> and I don't live in California, so I, I'm sorry. Smart move. Um, yeah. Uh, now, as far as ghost guns, yes. What? So what? What I say when I say ghost gun is I don't, I don't say ghost gun. It's just a made up whatever word. Sure, it's a, it, 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 it's something that some soccer mom dreamed up to scare other soccer moms. A government meme. Um, Right. This whole thing is very, very spooky. <laughs> uh, what the hell was I saying? Oh, ghost gun. Um, what, right. do you, what do you say instead? Uh, well, it's just, it's, it is like my 3D printed gun. Okay. My 80%, whatever. Okay. So, ghost gun, the, the, the general term is, you know, by a politician or reporter refers to any gun that doesn't have a serial number. Okay. So, that's serial number has been removed. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a firearm that was manufactured, like an 80% firearm, a lower receiver that someone built out, uh, a gun that someone cobbled together with bits of metal and wood in their garage, which has been a thing people have been doing for 100 years, sure. by the way. That's the only uh, thing there, that got me are, through the early levels in Fallout. Right? No, I'm, I'm not, like, there have been uh, groups from the early days of the internet before 3D printing who are... You know, who have been home building firearms uh, sure. with, you know, with all levels of tooling. And then there's 3D printed firearms, which are like the easiest and most popular ones to, to, to do because you don't have to machine anything. You just sort of hit the button on the printer and it goes. Yeah. Um, they do seem the sexiest. Right. It's, it's, 
it's the sci-fi semi-dystopian future that we were all promised with the video games. It's finally here. Yes. Right. Almost. Almost. Here. Almost. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you remember. What the hell was the video? It was. You're driving around. It came out in like 2010 or something. Uh, Dead sec. Mm. Uh, do you do you know the game I'm talking about? Uh-uh. I know a lot when you're driving around. Right. Uh, well, if you're like future watchdogs. Dis- oh, watchdogs. Watch I was about to say something yeah. about dogs. Like if you're talking yeah. about the one where the guy's like hacking everything with his cell phone and like, yeah, everything's yeah. on the grid and right. That that was the first promise of 3D. Like that video game showed what the promise of 3D printed firearms was, and we're sure. not th- quite there yet. Okay. You can't just hit the button and a whole ass rifle comes out. Right. But we're close. <laughs> we're getting there. <laughs> nice. Do you think it's just um, a matter of time? I think it's a matter of application. Okay. Um, so, like, there are industrial printers where you can, like, they print in metal. Sure. And every time you hit the button, it costs you seven or $8,000 mm. um, just to turn the printer on. It's $8,000. Damn. Um, to, to run a print, it's like $20,000 just because the material costs and everything else. But by the time it's done, you could have a, you know, a giant, uh, an actual firearm come out of that mm-hmm. in like one or two pieces, um, more or less. So that sounds pretty I don't know. Cool. We're, but and also the machine is a, a, like a million dollars. So, I mean, we're not quite there yet. It's not quite at the home level like that. The hacker group, you know, can just buy one of these and put it in. But, you know, another decade. So, <laughs> I'm guess I guess like uh, a question I'm always curious to answer or hear your perspective on is like, why is it good uh, for people to be able to easily make their own firearms? Because generally, the people who don't want you to have a firearm are the people who are trying to pull some fuck shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love that answer. That's a great answer. Look, I'm not saying you should shoot your politicians, but sometimes you might <laughs> actually have to. Well, sometimes you might have um, no choice or... Right. And, you know, there there's evidence of this in the for, the former American history, you know. Right. What with the Brit bongs and all that. The founding of, uh, yeah. You know, the we're, we're talking about India where they, they didn't quite do it right, but they sure did try. Um, uh-huh. With, like, the muskets they were given by the British when the British had Enfields. And so it didn't quite work out in the Indians' favor, but they got there in, like, in the end, you know, what with Gandhi and all. Sure. Um, I'm just saying, if they'd have been on equal terms, you know, armaments-wise, it would have been a lot more efficient, and maybe less people would have had to starve to death over the course of, like, 80 years. Sure. Um, You know, we're seeing it right now in Myanmar. Um, You know, Ukraine and Russia have been at it. They've been... I, I don't think Ukraine's really adopted any 3D printed firearms because they've gotten, you know, a ton of traditional support. But the guys in Myanmar are getting no support and they're running around with FGC9s at the moment. Wow. So. Yeah, I think it like, uh, f- f- just from my observation, it seems like the, you know, the cult being labeled like a peacemaker and like every... um everyone calls it like an equalizer like uh right it it seems to be that the decentralization of the potential for violence or self-defense or whatever you want to call it like the ten the potential for lethality let's say 
Mm -hmm. Uh, Being decentralized and being equalized leads to a more peaceful overall. Yeah, generally. And and it seems like um, that was like a a big part of of the founding and expansion of this country for sure is like Mm -hmm. just uh, everyone being able to protect themselves and their property from yeah, it's, from it's, whatever, uh, whether it was people trying to be malicious or whether it was wild animals or you know anything that came and threatened it. I think I think for the last I don't know fifty years of American history, we've seen a step away from like being personally personally responsible for your 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 environment, right? Definitely. So we're seeing you know an abundance of well, let's just vote and make the government take care of it. Or, you know, we'll call the police or we'll call an ambulance or call the, sure. the fire department. I don't need a fire extinguisher. I can call the, the, the fire department. You know, I don't need a trauma kit. I can call the, the paramedics or I can get to an emergency room in five minutes. Right. Right. But there are situations that arise where that can't happen. And so you should just have these things. You should have a, a, a first aid kit, like an actual real one and not the little Band-Aid one they sell you at Walmart. For, right. You know, soccer moms and your little boo-boos. Um, you should have a fire extinguisher, like five, you know, just around. Okay. Or you know, uh, uh, a gun and some ammo. <laughs> just yes. These, 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 you know, and there's nothing like it shouldn't be as dramatic or 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 controversial as you know as people make it out to be. These are just sure. normal things that you should have around because when the need arises, you kind of need it right then. It's just know? that base level of self reliance, I suppose. It's like yeah. But uh, I, it just seems like that's not how the centralized uh, government is designed. You know, you need to, it requires yeah. dependency. You it, know, you need everyone it, to be dependent on it. Yeah, it it, it is the 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 mo- the I don't say the motivating factor for government generally is or by by the existence of government, the government demands more government. Yes. And so all these politicians running for office, they're never like, let's do less with the government. They're all like, oh, we're going to break the gridlock in Congress. I'm like, what What if gridlock in Congress is actually the optimal position for Congress to be in? Absolutely. Because if they're gridlocked, they're not fucking with anyone. They're just over there where no yeah. one has to deal with them, you know? Yeah. So I don't know. No, it was designed to, to be a little bit tough to get anything like actually changed. Yeah, uh, but they managed to do it a little piece by piece over a long time to where. And, and uh, God, I hate them for it. I don't think <laughs> the structure really represents anything of like what it started out as or what it is intended to stay as. But uh, even with all that, I think that we still have uh, a lot of freedom and liberties compared to other situations globally. So mm-hmm. there's like there's always that other side of the coin, you know, like. As as bad as it is, it can get worse, but, like, how do we take it a step better? And I think that the answer to that is what you're saying, like, the self-reliance, self-sovereignty, and decentralizing, like, not not relying on the single point of failure when it comes to yep. self-defense, when it comes to your money in Bitcoin, when it comes to your food. Um, but let me, like, let me, let me bring this down in a, another level even further, right? Have you checked the pressure in the, it, the, the, the the air pressure in your tires in your car, sure, right. Do you, what was the last time you changed your oil? Right, uh, these, that one. These are been, been a while, yeah. Right. I mean, these are just the basic sort of like do these things. Yep. But like, I have to. I have a. I have a daughter who who's 
in grad school mm-hmm. and I still have to yell at her to change the oil in her car. Oh yeah. Right. She doesn't do it herself. She'll, she'll take it to a shop, sure. whatever. Okay. I get it. Right. But it's still got to be but, done by somebody. Like you got to do it. <laughs> yeah. Like these are just the, the baseline things to like continue. Yeah. Oh, and no, it's, it's still, you know, it's a, Oh, someone else take care. Like her mother has been bless her, you know, sure, <laughs> does yeah. like, she'll come home for a weekend and she'll do it. And I was just like, well, stop it. Must Stop be it. fucking nice. Must be fucking right? nice. <laughs> <laughs> fucking kids. <laughs> yeah, no. That the oil change one is a, is a rough lesson to learn when you finally learn it because your yeah. engine will fucking explode. Yeah, and that's that's what I don't even I don't even know how much like five grand that's to replace yeah, an engine. Yeah, yeah. You're buying a new car at that point unless you're yeah. driving something super nice. <laughs> right. At which point you should know better. Yes. <laughs> Yes. You, you should know better, or you can afford to just buy another Cadillac. Right, yeah. Or it's just like that little of a deal. Right. Oh, man. So, um, as far as you talked about the the federal level of, of uh, the laws and the legal implications. So, mm-hmm. is that overseen by ATF, and, and is it just like the legislative, or I mean, is it just like executive branch like policy stuff that really gets people in trouble so, or like how how is this stuff uh, like really tackled these days so there's it's complicated <laughs> um yeah I, I expect it to be so you have congressional law which is like you know you have to be 21 to buy a handgun okay and then you have uh an executive agency which is the atf making a legal making a uh, a legal decision which is you know congress's job Right. So they did that with the bump stocks mm-hmm. by making a policy decision or rules, an enforcement rule change saying that they were machine guns. Right. Um, so it should have been a congressional thing. The ATF decided it was in their purview. People are suing about it now. But until those lawsuits are fulfilled, uh, it's still going to be a an, it's still going to be illegal. This is what I love about, um, I don't know. And I'll, I'll, I'll interject with, uh, they'll be illegal because the courts, the legal system, did not suspend ATF's rulemaking uh, decision. Right. They're so just the court of... could have overruled them, but they didn't. And so because they didn't, it's illegal until the lawsuits are done. I see. Well, that's, that's convenient. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, millions of dollars in, 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 you know, a company's, uh, uh, property destroyed because the ATF decided to make a decision. It's, it's kind of funny. Like, uh, for us, the Venn diagram, I guess, with the, the, you ca- I'll call them ghost guns or, uh, no serial guns or whatever you want to call them. And mm-hmm. weed is, uh, if you want to talk federal law, weed is like as illegal as drugs can possibly get. Yep. It's called a Schedule One controlled substance. Yeah, uh, which is also like opiates. Yep. Well, and, and opiates morphine. are actually uh, Schedule Two, and you can still get oh, really? those at the uh, emergency room. Oh, right. Uh, yeah, Schedule One suggests that there is no medicinal so like heroin. value. Heroin enjoys a Schedule Two as well. No, uh, Schedule what? Schedule One includes <laughs> things like psilocybin mushrooms, LSD. Um, oh, what's it? What's some others? It's like uh, all of the ones that are so bad that pharma can't really make money out of them. MDMA, you know? MDMA, is still Schedule One. 
Um, wow. Oh, heroin's on schedule. Oh, heroin is one now. Interesting. Mescaline, that ecstasy. I, that I didn't know. Quaaludes. Fentanyl then too, I guess. Fentanyl's two. Yep, fentanyl's really? two. And they'll still give it to you in, in the in the ER. I had a kidney stone earlier this year, and they gave me some of that. Nice. So it's like the schedule two is the stuff where they still want to allow pharma to sell it. So in order for pharma to be able to legally sell it, it has to be schedule two. And mm-hmm. uh, that includes cocaine, by the way. That includes a lot of interesting, like, eyebrow-raising stuff that's like, wait, not quite as bad as weed? You're saying all of this? Um, but the the point is that, you know, state laws vary, and there's certain finger-wag legal systems, whether it's a medical system or a recreational system that's legal in a certain state, but it remains illegal federally everywhere. Uh, and it also remains... Uh, incredibly common everywhere no matter what uh level your state is at and despite the fact that it's illegal everywhere federally and i just i find it interesting like the actual enforcement or being able to uh to tell in a totalitarian sense control what people do and what people like possess like the physical items you know like um basically you're playing whack-a-mole no matter what if you're trying to ban something or totally prohibit anything Mm-hmm. And it just seems kind of like, uh, I don't know, it's it's hard to, like, it makes sense why the government wants to do it, right? Like, it's in their interest to be in control and tell people what to do and be able to, like, punish its enemies, right? If it uh, has any kind of excuse. But my, uh, I don't know, my sort of, like, black-pilled weariness comes from the, the support <laughs> that it gets from just regular people who don't know any better. Right. Who are just like, well, like, it's safer this way, right? Like, uh, what about poor people? <laughs> you know, like, what about poor people? You, you, you gotta make drugs illegal or else poor people will break into your house and steal things. Like, yeah, these are they, actual uh, they, things people say to me. They do that same, the, the same argument is about guns. The first guns were to pre- prevent, you know, black people, which at the time were the poorest class of Americans mm-hmm. from getting guns. Uh, and it continues today where, you know, you see like the uh, there there are states with melting pot laws where if you're the frame of your gun melts below a certain point, it's not allowed to be sold in that state. Hmm. And so there are there are a, a multitude of cheap 22 pistols uh, that that run afoul of this law that can't be sold in these states. And the people who are buying them are buying them because they have a hundred dollars and they can buy gas or a gun and they kind of need a gun because their neighbor is doing some fuck shit. There's that fuck shit, man. You can't have yeah. it. Yeah, gotta protect against fuck shit. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm the anti fuck shit patrol. If there was <laughs> a amendment that we could add right away, it would just be to the the right to be devoid of all fuck shit. Yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's something all of us can get behind. Really changed a lot of things. Um, I'm curious. So you. This podcast tour, and you and you started going back on podcasts, according mm-hmm. uh, to this toot that we sort of found each other through. Uh, right. What's some other shows that you've been uh, visiting? And also, do you, like, do you have anything of your own, like a show of your own? Uh, I don't have a show of my own. I've been thinking about getting one together, but I also just don't like talking to myself for that long of time. And sure. I, I'm just really bad, you know, alone in a room. I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't do it alone. Like, uh, right. Luckily, I've got Lori, and we do all of the stuff together. Um, I did maybe the first like 
three of these by myself and I realized right away that like <laughs> that fucking blows. I need to at least have a guest every time or talk to somebody, right. you know, like I'm also pretty, uh, pretty worthless just by myself, but uh, <laughs> I, I definitely enjoy conversations and, and bouncing stuff off of people. And it's funny cause like if you have a podcast, then people will talk to you and, uh, you know, sit down for an hour or two and just like bounce ideas off each other. And that's like, right. Um, it's, it's hard to like engage with strangers otherwise, <laughs> which is like, uh, I appreciate it, you know? Yeah. Um, and then as far as, uh, what shows you've been doing, uh, what, uh, what have I've you been, made the so rounds? I tried to get on, uh, uh, a cycle where I would do one a week and then everything sort of fucking kicked off for me. Ooh. Um, uh, so I did uh, a stream with 3D Print General a while ago. Uh, we did a stream with literally Heather. Uh, I think we did Biting the Bullet. Uh, I can't remember. But I can't remember. I think I did Biting the Bullet, but I might have missed that one uh, and had to might have had to cancel on them. Uh, <laughs> hmm. Yeah, so I, I've just been. I've been. Uh, I tried to do a, get a consistent schedule, and then I just missed a lot of them because life. Uh, sure. sort of destroyed my my shit um yeah i uh i guess you probably you guys probably don't know i moved from iowa to florida uh back in march oh okay and i've been starting up i i've i've started up like four companies since i've been down here bit busy okay. so i i have i have a vinyl printing company where we'll do like stickers and vehicle wraps and stuff like that okay um, I have Control Pew still. I have uh, Parton Trap, which is an actual firearm company. I have another uh, not quite firearm company where they're doing components and accessories called uh, Big Mouse Small Arms. And then there's another company, uh, which is uh, Math Arms. Okay. So your you're friendly wind chime salesman. Oh, very nice. So well, you have been I busy am- then. Yeah, I've been all over the fucking board. <laughs> nice. Ah, that's uh, that's what I love to do is just uh, get my hands, arms, feet, head dirty and all sorts of different things, you know? Right. Um, it's like uh, I could get all these projects done if I wasn't busy dreaming up new projects to do. That's what I feel like. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned no, it, it's, that... It's gotten, it's gotten so hectic that like I haven't been able to post for Control Pew <laughs> with the... The, sure. the regularity that I need to. Well, I was just going to say, like, uh, it looks like it would be exhausting because I see Connect on social and yep. you've got like a thousand of them. Utreon, yep. Odyssey, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Reddit, Gab, Liberdon, MeWe, Gunstreamer, Facebook, MySpace, TikTok, Minds, Gitter, Subscribestar, and Vero. Yep. Some of those I haven't even heard. Some yep. of those I used to have and uh, got them removed like a malignant tumor. Uh, and, and somewhere, a lot of it in between, some of my use still like, uh, uh, did I say Mastodon as I ran down? You don't have your Mastodon on here. What's that all about? It's Liberdon. Oh, Liberdon. Okay. Yep. All right. Good. Yeah. Never mind then. Lose. <laughs> <laughs> no. <I'm kidding>. Uh, <laughs> Liberdon. Yeah, I, like, cool. So I, I try and, I try and have a routine where I like schedule posts and then I'll post across all of them. But, now, is but there a? It uh, still takes a half an hour to get done. I was gonna say, like, is there a management system, or do you have to just log into all this shit and like post it and can like copy paste and post it to the next thing? Like, uh, well, there's a scheduling service called Hootsuite. Oh, sure. And they do they auto post to Twitter, but then they do a 
push post to Instagram, which just pushes it to my phone. So it pushes the, the image uh, into my, my photo gallery on my phone, mm. and it puts the text on the clipboard. And so I just tap Instagram, post, paste, paste, post, and then I just go down the list. Gotcha. And so I've made it about as efficient as I can, but it still takes 20 minutes, 30 minutes to get through. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a struggle. <laughs> and like the last like week I've been driving uh, every day, I've been on the road. So I just, I can't grab my phone for an hour. Right. You know? Yeah, man. That's a lot to keep up with. That's a lot to keep up with. Uh, your last post on the Liberdon is October 8th, yeah. but it's yep. okay because it's a pretty based post. Right. What did I post? Uh, you posted spooky time, phone off, nods on, boots tied, guns unserialized. Oh, yeah. yep. And it's a picture of the Simper Spooky, Simper spooky patch. patch. <laughs> yep. Which glows in the dark. It says ATF RIP. It's got a little ghost with a uh, <laughs> AR and uh, right. it says Simper Spooky. I love it. Shop.controlpew.com. Um, I know our buddy Booberry would uh, really be jazzed at some of the stuff that you got in, his sh- uh, in the shop there. Um, so we we try we try and deliver some quality. So speaking of spooky and shit, I was kind of curious because uh, I don't know. I was kind of chuckling to myself at, at the unlikely um, finding of a guest such as yourself. Not because we don't like a line or anything, but just because we're sort of uh, I don't know maybe a an unexpected match uh, for like guys we usually talk to. And I'm just interested in like, how often do you run into silly fetty, like honeypot type bullshit? Like I see a lot of uh, gun show guys who post like, Oh yeah, there's this like this Twitter DM I got of people like trying to get me to like sell them a gun and stuff, you know? And it's kind of yeah. an obvious trap. Uh, do you have to deal with stuff like that when you're, uh, putting yourself out there in this kind of uh, 3d printed gun world. I usually get five messages on a day, a day on Twitter. Damn. Uh, same on Instagram. Hey man, how much you, you selling? Oh God. How much? <laughs> Bruh. Bruh. Sell me that. Sell me that heater. Yo. Hey, yo. Hey, <laughs> that, that's another one. I, I just get an AO. And I'm do like, I know always, where this is going. <laughs> do you always reply new phone who dis? Yeah. <laughs> Generally. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to a Twitter DM, <laughs> yeah. So sometimes I uh, I send them uh, uh, what is it? Sometimes I'll send them pictures of like previous arrest records, like their arrest record. Uh, it depends oh, on nice. how much I want to fuck with them. Sure. Um, if I if I have if they if they like cat if they send me something entertaining and I want to screw with them for a while, um, I'll like I'll just start searching their history and pulling up their info and you know. Nice. Get it getting real deep into their backgrounds. <laughs> mm. Spooks be sloppy, dude. Right. Like it, it's really easy, man. It just be like, show where you live. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like, All right. Here, where you address. stay at. <laughs> yeah. Where you stay at. Hey, where at? you at? <laughs> um, I was like clicking around and I saw uh, something about uh, knowledge dispense. And I also saw a different group called deterrence, deterrence dispense. And I'm curious, like, your connection with or like what those groups are or like, right. is it just a section? So, no, of knowledge. Yeah. Knowledge dispense is just the blog where I post stuff, uh, file drops and various uh, announcements. Uh, if I'm going on a show or if I, if there's a, a stream up that I was on or something, I'll post there. Gotcha. Um, deterrence dispensed is 
the the sort of dev group that's behind a lot of the releases that are coming out. Uh, so the broadly speaking dev collective, or well, one of them anyway, uh, they're transitioning. They're they're changing their name to the catalog. Um, and then there's the catalog. I love that. Yep. Uh, Gatopedia. <laughs> <laughs> Is is that something that uh, thing of so I'm such a noob in 3D printing like like I said mm-hmm. I got it out of the box I put it together I failed to run a test X uh, <laughs> on Thingiverse is that something that they are just like no on is like the firearm prints and is that yeah, sort of like they, uh, segregated out into this weird like underbelly of the internet or yeah they say no they don't want us on Thingiverse mm-hmm. um, people release stuff to Thingiverse anyway. Yeah, you would think uh, it's just like any other, like, if you yeah. have a website and you can post shit to the website, uh, then people are going to post right. shit to the website, right? <laughs> yeah, but it, it'll never be the official sort of, uh, like, the community won't ever rely on that. Gotcha. Um, so we, we've come to find that, like, Library and Odyssey are the best platforms to release this sort of stuff. They're, you know, they're they're... The owners of those companies have been sort of familiar with people in the community. It's no like there's no you know tongue in cheek. Oh, this is for airsoft. No, it's a gun. File. It, it's the the gun frame. Gotcha. Printable, you know, file going up there, and they're fine with it. Um, and you know we're we're pretty fine with that too. And they're they're popular and stable enough that they're not going anywhere. It seems they're not going to vanish. So. Yeah, I mean it's uh it seems to be a pretty a pretty good relationship. That's cool. Um, it seems like uh that's the one beautiful thing and, about the internet is like it allows us to like find like-minded individuals and like trust and vet people, you know, there can be people mm-hmm. who are like fully out there and you know who they are. There can be people who are like anonymous or pseudonymous and like yep. maintain a level of privacy, but just by, you know, interacting and talking a little bit and you know verifying yeah. certain things they say or verifying like uh just it, you know doing it, your due diligence and, and and looking in background you can f- you can kind of vet people yeah it makes it really easy to work in uh we we really like uh, zero trust models yeah you know where where i don't have to trust you with any information absolutely i can know who you are by looking at your history and it's it's there so yep. yeah don't trust verify that's uh, a <laughs> yep it's a big mantra. No. All, all that being said, right, we do rely on them as a repository for now. Sure. Uh, they're at any moment, they could vanish and we'll go somewhere else. You know, right. it's it's really easy to spin up a new repository for us. Yeah. Any, anywhere we want to go. So if for some reason they vanish, we'll go somewhere else and, you know, links will update and everything else. And I'm sure, like, a, everyone on the project has, like, local copies of everything. So it's not like... Mm-hmm. If it goes down in the cloud, it's down forever. Yeah, there are, there are many master archives. Nice. Yeah, that's what I would expect. Makes sense. You had mentioned toward the beginning of the show this FOSCAD tool, and mm-hmm. um, I haven't done that much uh, in terms of drafting or design at all for a very long time. I oh. I earned, no big deal, but I earned the drafting merit badge when I was like <laughs> 13. Uh but, Boy Scouts, good time. Right? <laughs> but uh, since then, I really haven't uh, fucked around with drafting, but I've always been fascinated when people tell me about 
different CAD programs. And like, I've looked at some people's work who were in the engineering school when I was in college and, um, different things like that. What's, uh, what's up with FOSCAD and like, how, how how big of a learning curve is all of that? Well, FOSCAD was, isn't, isn't a tool. It's, it was the first sort of large decentralized anonymous group for gun CAD people. Oh, okay. So, yeah, this was in the early days of the internet, and they persisted up until, well, they still persist today. Um, I guess I'll tell you about a little bit about the history um, of the, the community. So it was FOSCAD for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cody Wilson stood up DEFCAD uh, on a parallel sort of track to do the Liberator and get that publicity. Um, but FOSCAD sort of remained in the underground of the internet, uh, with you know, and they would collect people and they would do dev, um, on you know AR-15 lowers and whatever other guns were floating around. Mm-hmm. And coming up to like 2017, uh, you know, we were all part of that group, and then uh, a few f- folks uh, decided to split off from FOSCAD and focus on. Really, it, it was the FGC9 project that sort of splintered the community um, because a lot of us were unhappy with the level of verification and, and, and documentation around the models that were coming out sure. because they would just be an STL file floating on the internet with no, uh, no additional information about it. It would just be there. And so no one knew, you know, print settings, how to print it. Uh, if it was ever tested, if it was proofed, if it was if it survived its first test fire, mm-hmm. and these were all like really big concerns because we had seen, like, it wasn't to a point where anyone had been injured, but we had seen critical failures coming out of prints. Sure, and we're like, okay, well, this isn't acceptable anymore because we're going to have new people come in who don't know anything about anything, right? And they're going to reach, you know, right to the top of the stack because the top of the stack is where all the, all the cool shit is. Right. And they're going to skip all the learning curve to get there Mm -hmm. and they're going to hurt themselves. And, uh, so we decided, you know, we have this, this idea for the, uh, a fully 3d printed internationally buildable, uh, DIY firearm, but we need to do this properly so that people with no information about firearms can build it correctly. And so, you know, it spawned a whole project where there was a, you know, like a, a, a year-long testing and evaluation uh, period by a lot of people, like dozens of people in the community, uh, verifying every step of the build documentation, the print documentation, you know, assembly, uh, you know, and, and firing <coughs> uh, in order to get to this finished product where you, you could hand this to you know, somebody in Myanmar who has no information about building a gun or how guns work and they can do it successfully. Gotcha. Um, so that was, that was FOSCAD, the, the beginning of, uh, of, of deterrence dispensed. Uh, and then, you know, that, that sort of that theme of thorough documentation, build instructions, community verification before it gets released publicly is sort of carried through into the Glock frames that you're seeing now, all the different projects that I'm posting about on my website. Um, so all that stuff that you're seeing when, when it's on my website, it's all been proofed already by, 
you know, dozens of people from the community. They've all gone. They've got the parts. They've, built, they've printed and built it and successfully fired, you know, a, a dozen, if not a thousand rounds through their, their print before it comes to, like, my Twitter page, for example. Gotcha. So that, that's that's Foscad. That's the history. Um, okay. Now that makes CAD a little software bit more wise, sense. Yeah. Uh, CAD software-wise, we're most people are working in Fusion 360 just because they have a really good hobby license that makes it free. Oh, okay. Um, and then when you want to buy a real license, it's like three grand for a year. Wow. Which sounds like a lot of money, but uh, well, no, I sorry, it's five hundred dollars for a year. Oh, okay. Which, which sounds like a lot of money, but its its next best competitor, which is SolidWorks, is ten thousand dollars for a year. Whoa. <laughs> so. Fuck those guys. No doubt. Uh, that is uh, yeah. incredibly it's, expensive. It's harsh. Yeah. I bitch about how much Photoshop costs to keep around. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, God, I'm so I'm so angry with Photoshop. Because yeah. I have this problem where I can't open a new document in Photoshop. Oh, that's that's awful. Yeah, I don't know why. They can't answer it for me. It happens every time. Fuck that. Yeah, I'm I'm done. <laughs> I don't blame you. Yeah, that would piss me off for sure. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, just looking at some different files and guns here and just kind of like looking around. And I'm curious, like, so say one wants to build mm-hmm. uh, one of these working firearms. What parts do you need first? Like, do you need like a, a lower kit? Do you need uh, something else? Um, It's going to depend on the gun. So every gun, in every everyone that comes out from the catalog will have... You know, a, a PDF in there with all the components you need, generally where you can find the components. Um, so, like, Glock parts, Glock slides are everywhere. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're on a thousand different sites, so there's no point in listing. Uh, the Tact Eddy parts can only be found in a couple places. Um, and, uh, again, they're they're in the PDF. They're, they're called out in the PDF. So Gotcha. It's, uh, it's pretty... I mean, we try and make it really easy. To get started. So I'm looking at the, the, the tack daddy and that's what you just mm-hmm. mentioned. Um, the parts that print, uh, like, I guess what's the difference between the parts of that print and the parts you just have to get out and procure for yourself. Right. So the parts you have to procure, they're usually, they're, they're machined components, right? Mm-hmm. So the bolt is in, in that gun is, is actually machined. It's, it's a, you know, it, it's, it, it requires a mill, to, to make and we can't expect people in their garage to have a mill so you know that then this is this is coming out from an from an actual gun that exists so again there there are people making the parts already uh those parts are being resold uh and you know i guess i'm not i'm not sure how to answer this yeah no, um, that, that's uh that's fair. Like like barrels, for example, like you can't three D print that. That's, right. You're you're putting a nine mil cartridge in a, you know, a, a half inch bit of metal pipe. Yep. Um, it's it's it 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 has to be metal. So, I, I mean, and we can't expect people to make that with that with these specific tolerances uh, at home. I suppose like, like it wasn't firing pins and things like that as well. Right. Um. I kind. I mean. I guess the the obvious thing is like all the green stuff, you know, everything that's bright right. green. <laughs> um, right. So is there a certain kind of like filament that you need or like, uh, um, pretty much any filament anymore will do. 
Uh, well, and uh, okay, so there's a couple caveats here because it also depends on the firearm that you're printing. Okay. Uh, the tack daddy can be done in just about anything because it's again, it's another. It's not putting a lot of stress on the printed parts. It's just there, sort of vaguely holding everything in the right place. Uh, the Glock frames, though, they're they're putting some stress on specific parts of the geometry of the frame, which play into things like tensile strength and and uh, layer adhesion, you know, coming out of your three D printer, that are going to require something like PLA plus, um, you know, in order to do well. You can get better materials, but again. Better materials, well, okay, there's a kind of bell curve to material sciences in 3D printing, where the easier it is to print, the less useful it's going to be as an object when it's printed, right? Sure. So, if you think about printing, you're, you're, by printing, you are damaging the material you are using to make it. Sure, you, you melt it down and make it weaker. right. And well, not necessarily weaker. It's just, um, like there, there's an effort required to melt it down and to get it to come out of the nozzle. Okay. Correctly. Sure. And the effort required to make it print is the same. It's going to be reflected in the durability in the end of the end product. Right. Gotcha. So the harder it is to print, the more durable it's going to be in the end. I see. Okay. So PLA plus, pretty easy to print with. It's what we tell people to buy because it's right. durable enough for most things. I'm pretty sure that's what and And yeah, it, it, it's, it's either PLA plus or PLA. Either way, at this point, you're probably okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as long as it's not like one of those silk PLAs because those just dissolve. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, we got all our favorite pretty colors, like the lime green and the purple and the red and the, we had some right. vision of like, you know, 3D printing some sort of the version of our logo, you know, like one day, but uh, right, you've got to crawl before you can walk, before you can jog, before you can run. That I, yeah, that, that I definitely know just from doing other things that uh, I didn't start off being qualified to do at all, and now I can, like, <laughs> kind of limp through them, you know. Right. No, the learning curve is a lot more intimidating than it, than it actually is, and once you get to the end of it, you'll you'll look back and like, why was this so hard? And then you'll hate yourself for a little bit. Ah, that sounds like uh, most development. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it, it's, it's difficult until you figure it out, and then it's easy, and then you hate yourself for not figuring it out sooner. What do they say? Gradually, then suddenly? Yeah, pretty much. And then you turn around and little, you go, Little by little, then all at once. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so. so, I guess, if if you have give advice to newbies, like, and they... Like you're saying, they they get in, they got their 3D printer. Let's say they do the bed level, right? And then mm-hmm. they just they're like, "All right, all right, all right, I'm gonna print a gun." Like, what do you? Which one do you like steer people to? Um, um, if they like, don't listen to you on the cube and whatever, you know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, the AR lowers are are really just they're there, right? Mm-hmm. There, there's a million like websites on the internet with documentation on how to put that together. Um, there's the documentation and then the download itself that instructs you how to put it together. Um, and it's just, it's just, it is just an easy object to print. Gotcha. Um, next to that, the tack daddy is also just another easy gun to print. Um, there's not a lot of, uh, fanciness required. 
the document the 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 build documents are like 14 pages it's a 14 page pdf to go from uh you know getting it on your printer to fully assembled and shooting um so it's it's easier than most lego sets i guess okay yeah, this tech daddy, um, like you guys, you guys have such great pictures of it. It really makes it look sexy, you know. Do what I can. <laughs> <laughs> we're uh, we're we're I'm working on the uh, the Sten Mag version right now, so it'll look better because nice. I won't have the weird Glock bag uh, in another like five or ten minutes. But uh, yeah. If you had one uh, piece of advice for somebody starting out, of like. Don't make the same mistake I made. This will save you so much time. Do you have anything like that? Like a something mm. you just was a big time suck and then you figured it out? I mean, generally, just ask like r slash fix my print. Okay. Um, I, I hate Reddit, but goddamn, that, that group of, of autists in there really know how to how to diagnose, you know, print problems. Very nice. Um yeah. And so it's, you know, it, it, it's, and I'll tell you this, right? You could ask me in my DMs and I might get to you in five days after I get through the hundred people who already DM'd me five days ago. Okay. Right? Yeah. Or you can go to r slash fix my print and a hundred people will respond to you in the next like hour. Wow. <laughs> so, and, and one of them will probably be right. The first person to respond will probably be right. Nice. You know? So it's uh, it's a good place um, to just diagnose stuff. Uh, beyond that, the guide.controlp.com. Um, <laughs> I stole a, a troubleshooting section from, I think it's all 3DP, um, that uh, that will get you through a lot if you don't feel like dealing with Reddit. Fantastic! I'll have to look that up too. Um, how uh, how long does it take about to to do just one build? Uh, that's going to depend again. It's going to depend a lot on what you start with. Uh, the tack daddy is a two day print. Okay. Um, an air lower will be about a day and a half. Uh, a Glock will be a day, you know, but these are all like, it's all, you know, and there's re- re- relative to the amount of material you're using. Cause that's your main constraint for time. Sure. Right. And so I assume there's like, are there multiple parts per print? Um, or some, not again. Always. The Glock is one part. One part. Okay. Uh, the Glock frames are one part, and then you have to buy some rails, and then you have to buy your Glock parts. Gotcha. The Tac Daddy is the main receiver, and then there's a little tab that you print uh, that goes along with it. Okay. Um, ARs are generally one piece, um, but there's also a twenty piece AR lower that you bolt together. So, <laughs> wow. You know, there's a, a lot of different ways to skin the cat, I guess. Uh, and it's all about what you want in the end. I so love really, that whole endless possibility thing. That's what like <laughs> right. very first intrigued me. In the, uh... oh no, we have we haven't even touched the endless possibility part. This is just the stuff other people have already done, right? Because inside of all these download packs that are that that we have out there, mm-hmm. we have all the the step files. I so see. you can take the you can take the three. We give you a CAD file. You take the CAD file into a CAD program, and then you're just gonna play with it. So you, you can know, just if you. We we could go and have a bull after bull make a bong out of every one of these guns that you have. Yeah, have you seen the glong? <laughs> the glong? No. Yeah. No. 
Oh my god. Oh, how am, I, how am I sleeping on the glong? I, I don't know. This uh, is incredible news to me. I think it's... Is, am I going to find it on Odyssey? Uh, probably. Glong-based bipod. The Glong by Yeezy Prince. That's that's the dude. Oh my god. Uh, he's the one that done did the glog. Let me see if... He had a great picture on his Twitter. I'm trying to find it. The Glong. This is incredible. Right? <laughs> no, it, there's, there'd be nothing that would make me happier. Or make the ATF it more pissed off. <laughs> right. A lot then, of moms are going to be angry. Then ripping a big rip out of a gun <laughs> and then going pee with it. Right? Yeah. Safely downrange at a, you know, at a great range. My God. You mean it's a, uh, you mean a water pipe for, for your tobacco? Yes, right? for tobacco. That, yeah. yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. No, man, it's, uh, it's CBD. <laughs> it's 50 state legal, man. Haven't you heard? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the hilarious part of all these laws and everything. It's like. Right. You can ask nine lawyers, you can ask three judges, you can ask uh, the idiot down the street, and everyone gives you and a different of, answer, and yeah. all those answers are also, like, technically wrong, too. <laughs> yep. <laughs> For some reason. Oh, I there, don't Everyone understand. will have a different answer, and every one of them will send you to jail. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Or you could just uh, ignore that, ask no permission, and, uh, well, no, I mean... What they don't know can't hurt you. <laughs> There's the other right. aspect of it, you know, where it's just like, well, you know, if you shush, then everything's legal. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows, man? Who knows? But uh, I just hope that, and it seems like there's this kind of revival of pushing it back the other direction, pushing it back to uh, sort of the underground, like the cypherpunk revival, the like... Uh, um, this sort of weird independence thing where mm-hmm. it's like a, it's like speakeasy 2.0, you know, it's like, uh, oh, we're doing something else, but you know, what are we doing? I don't know exactly. Like, when are we doing it? Well, you know, the details are right. muddy. We're not like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Everything's, everything's in Minecraft, you know, like all of this kind of shit. Um, I don't know. They're just, it seems like, uh, there's this reawakening of, uh, <clears throat> let's keep it underground and make some cool shit, you know? And like, we can solve our own problems. We don't have to like wait right. for somebody else to come along. Cause it's like, I don't know. I feel like a lot of our parents did that where it was like, Oh, well trust that it'll all work out without well, the, being the ones making it work out. You know? Right. It's, it's the Disney kids club generation, right? Where everything was fine. Yeah. And, and it was always like, every, it, you know, the nineties was a weird time. Because, <laughs> like, there was the end of hacker culture from the 80s. Yep. And then it got really cringy because, you know, the movie Hackers. I think that was in the 90s. <laughs> sure. And, uh, you know, and then, like, it, w- it was everything was quiet on the surface in the, in the public for, like, a decade. At least I don't remember anything kicking off in the 90s. I was like, you know, uh, uh, you know publicly groundbreaking. Right. Yeah. But then there was the internet, right? Because everyone like, like we figured out the the hacker the hacker nerds figured out how the internet worked, right? Mm-hmm. And they they exploited the shit out of it. But then the exploits got patched, and that was like, and it took another ten years for the holes to open up again, right? And then we get into the early two thousands, and 
and shit. Like, at least I, I was of the age where I could start paying attention again. You know? Sure. Yep. No, it's, it's been a really weird and cool journey, but it just kind of, it's, it's fascinating how it just evolves a little bit <clears> in the time <throat> and where we're at. Like, I don't know. I think everybody talks about like, I was promised a flying car, but like, I think Bitcoin yeah. and, and what's you, you going on You were promised there, a flying like, car. Why didn't you go make it? You know? Right. <laughs> Well, I don't, like, I don't even need my car to fly. Like, I think, like, Bitcoin itself and that technology, but also, like, the culture that it has enabled and spawned is the part that fascinates mm-hmm. me. And it has overlap into things like 3D-printed firearms. It has overlap into things like uh, moving to sustainable food and, mm-hmm. uh, like, uh, micro-homesteading. It has uh, overlaps into so many different, like, other ways you can decentralize other ways you can be like oh yeah wait uh self-reliance can apply to this topic too self-reliance can apply like i can instead of bitching about this system i can just think smaller think more local think uh right less central and you start applying that to so many things like i don't know it's just uh it kind of changed my perspective over the last year or two now the real trick the real the real groundbreaking moment is when everyone starts applying that let's let's think local to government, right? No doubt. Cause uh, you know, look, tyrants in uh in, in DC are hard to deal with. Right. But tyrants an hour down the road in your state capital cap capital capital <laughs> are a lot e- like orders of magnitude easier. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, it takes a lot uh takes a lot less to hold them accountable or knock them out or all that kind of stuff. No, I totally agree. I totally agree. Well, man, it's been really great uh, sitting down and picking your brain about all this stuff. I appreciate uh, yeah you coming on the show and anytime dropping Happy some to do it. some knowledge on it. I'm I'm gonna go and do deep dives on some of these builds and then uh, <laughs> maybe have Reddit f- <laughs> help me with the obvious stuff and then right maybe I'll have uh, a few months down the road time to circle back and. See, yeah, see I'm, I'm, what I've uh, come up with, you know? I'm looking forward to seeing your journey. Hopefully it goes well. <laughs> send so, me some pictures. It's so, uh, I'll definitely send you some pictures, man. And, uh, I'll try it out. I'll try it out, man. I'll, cool, uh, man. Before long, I'll be ripping a glong. <laughs> You'll be seeing me, <laughs> seeing me drive down the left side of the road, gripping a glong, man. Right. Doing, my, doing my own thing. <laughs> I'm free. I'm free as a bird. That's right. I'm sovereign, bitch. I'm. <laughs> this is the glong hey, game. Hey, hey, don't be a pirate. <laughs> you wouldn't download a glong. Oh wait, too right? late. I did. Damn, that's uh... a shirt. I'm gonna do that shirt. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, for all the bowlers out there, thanks for hanging out and uh, trolling along in the chat, etc. Uh, remember those boosts. You can uh, boost the show in a third of that. We'll go to Alex and Control Pew. You can find his stuff at controlpew.com. That's C-T-R-L-P-E-W.com. And uh, anywhere else that we should send the good people? Um, I guess if you want to get started in 3D printing, theguide.controlpew.com. And uh, if you feel like supporting the community and what we're doing, shop.controlpew.com. Awesome. Well, thanks again. I appreciate hanging out. and uh Anytime. Love to talk to you again. Sure, uh, sure. Let me know. <laughs> I definitely will. I'll be in touch about it. Uh, Bowlers, thanks for kicking it. We will, of course, be back at it uh, next Tuesday and every Tuesday. Right around 9 Central, right after DH Unplugged wraps up. 
on the No Agenda stream and also coming at you live at stream.bullafterbull.com. Till then, I will remain Sir Spencer, Wolf of Kansas City. I'll be Dame DeLorean. Until next time, may your bowls burn ever brighter. Dance and move your legs around. You can't. Maybe you can play guitar by the firelight. What? I'm a supporter of human beings. That's an amazing story, man. That's cool as fuck. That's a dumb place to keep holes. Bowlafterbowl.com. There we are. That's a wrap. Awesome. Very cool. Good shit. Good shit. Yeah, that was fun, man. Thanks for kicking it. Oh, yeah, anytime, man. So uh, always happy to talk guns and bullshit and killing politicians. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get how many lists can we? Uh... I mean, look, if you're not if you're not on many lists, like at least five, you're not really an American. Yeah, I think like I've always, <laughs> I've always like uh, a hand rub about that, and I'm like, dude, I think if I'm not on lists then for a while now, then like they they don't do lists, they don't make lists, they aren't lists, <laughs> they don't have lists. Look, I am the list. I am. The, look at me. I am the list now. Right? Oh, shit. List well, these nuts! God, I'm gonna... Oh, I gotta make the meme. God uh, damn it. Oh, I... I I need to... I forgot to ask you. Are those coming through? Have you been seeing the, the Albie wallet hidden? I haven't been these? looking. Oh, I'm such a fucking idiot. I should have read these boosts. Um, yeah, yeah, I see them. All right, solid. I should have read these goddamn things. That is the tradition. And uh, thank some people. Um, luckily, I'm still st- live again. Luckily, I'm still recording this uh, goddamn thing. So I just want to thank some people here at the end. Uh, 11420 came in from Cotton Gin, 11,420 sats. Sir, thank you. Out of CurioCaster. Uh, no note, just the boost. We appreciate it. 11,011. That's 11011 from Harv Hat came in an hour ago from CurioCaster Live. Uh, we had a 6969 come 69, in. 6969, uh, That's from Hey Citizen. He says pew. And then uh, we also had an additional 6969 69, from Hey Citizen. 69, <laughs> hitting us with that favorite number. He says the glong with the little TM, the glong trademark. <laughs> Uh, 333 from Net Ned, who just said, uh, wipes. <laughs> okay. We got some wipes there from Net Ned. Appreciate it. Uh, you don't want to be stranded without your wipes. And then, uh, 6333, again from Fountain, Net Ned, uh, who says, awesome show. Well, thank you, sir. And Floydian Slips, 2,500 sats, coming in on the live Curiocaster tag, who said, I don't smoke much anymore. This boost is for gummies with chummies. Nice. <laughs> Uh, so thank you everyone who live boosted and I'll just splice that part right into the, <laughs> right before the fade. It'll be like seamless. You'll not even know that I did that. Perfect. I get a little bit, uh, more lazy with how soon I hit this stop button these days just because like, I don't know, you never know when you're going to fuck it up. <laughs> do you need to check the voicemails too? Uh, do I? <laughs> I don't know. That's all under your control. I didn't know if anything came in. Oh, Christ, yes. We have one. 
<laughs> Would you like to answer a voicemail <laughs> while you're hanging out? Go for it. Okay. Fuck it. Let's hear it. So I got in this car and started to drive, but like, which side of the road do I drive? Uh, is this thing automatic or manual? The both? Where are the turn signals at? Is this a steering wheel or a joystick? I don't even know. Teach me. <laughs> Damn, that was a lot of oh, questions. Oh, it's a stick. Oh, it's a stick. So he got in the car, he started to drive. Right. He's not sure the so, rules. Right, so you're supposed to be driving on the bottom of the road. Oh. Um, yeah, left or right is for for the the, the little 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 ruly boys who who like following the rules. <laughs> um, real G's hack the matrix and drive on the bottom of the road. Okay. Um, I imagine it's I imagine it's real smooth on the bottom too because nobody drives there, so it's like yeah, it's it's there's it, no this potholes. Is where the term right, this is where the term smooth as a baby's bottom comes from. Uh, in case you didn't know. Okay. Um. Yeah. So, uh, the second, what was the second question? Uh, let's see. Automatic or manual. Right. So, uh, it, it's, it's actually neither. It's this new thing called transgender. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. <laughs> we've been asleep on that. Yeah. Yeah. No, you missed it entirely. Uh, now it's all controlled by autopilot and, uh, you know, it doesn't matter if it starts out as a manual or an automatic, it just gets to decide later. Okay. Um, gotcha. And so you don't, it's not, it's not up to you as the driver anymore. Uh, it just is what it decides to be. Okay. Um, this just like, and then the ratio of the <laughs> gears, it's like, uh, <laughs> what will be, will be. And right. what else was it? Uh, oh, uh, uh turns, turns, turn signals. Where's the turn signals? Uh, steering wheel or joystick. <laughs> right. So, so turn signals, uh, they, they don't exist because you didn't put any blinker fluid in, in your car. You got to change that right along with the oil okay. and like in the brake fluid. And, you know, you, you got to just change all the fluids and the blinker fluid is one of them. Okay. Um, so it's, it's another one of those like, uh, like self-reliance things where you just didn't do it. And then, you know, your engine explodes. Um, of course. And then, you know, steering wheel or joystick, it's neither. That's it. That's actually a penis. And you should either commit to playing with it or keep your hands off of it. Um, <laughs> it's a penis, you know, bigot. This, like, this beating around the bush thing isn't working, so just do one or the other, right? <laughs> well, I hope that cleared things up, caller. <laughs> um, I hope, hopefully he's enlightened. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Or just really confused uh... now. I don't know which is funnier. <laughs>